Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The hate speech laws, or if people are referring to them, the hashtag free speech laws, um, have been back in the news. But unfortunately, we've seen the news dominated, of course, by RTE. And only uh, in the last five or ten minutes, it's been suggested that there's further barter, barter accounts have now been discovered, which could lead to resignations in RTE. You heard Catherine Martin there in the news suggesting as well, of course, uh, that they will be looking at the wages of the top earners, the fees paid to you know their agents, or indeed, if agents should ever be used at all. Uh, and also the way they earn extra money using RTE as a tool to do that. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on if we get a chance as well. But the problem is that one of the big stories at the time, last week before this broke, was Ireland's hate speech laws. And this now, RTE, to the delight of politicians, I imagine, has dominated the news because, of course, it's not negative about politicians because politicians are coming off well on this because they're doing something about it. And they're in the Oireachtas every day. It's like popcorn television. And, of course, it's dominated Ortiz news as well because they've got fire in their bellies because they want to do something about it because they feel they've been led astray too, and rightly so. But in saying that, you know, for the last 10 years, I would like to think that RT would have been just as robust in other issues as well. One of those issues, of course, being Ireland's hate speech laws. Incitement to hatred, incitement to violence and hate speech. The speech part is the part that has a bit of a problem. Well, what stage are we at? Well, I don't really know at this stage. It's hard to tell. Senator Gerard Crogwell is Ireland's first independent senator, elected by way of by-election to a vocation, by a vocational panel. Uh, prior to his election, he was a teacher and a further education in the further education sector, and he joins me as well. Uh, Gerard, how are you? Good afternoon, or good evening to you. I'm getting lost in time. Sorry. Good evening to you. Good evening to you and to your listeners, and thank you very much for asking me to come on your programme this evening. Jared, you know, where are we now? Is it a done deal? I mean, I know you've said quite a lot in relation to this, as has Sharon Keoghan, as has, uh, I know, Matty McGrath, Padre Tobin, uh, there's uh, Rona Mullen, there's been a few people who have been relentlessly against this piece of legislation, as well as it seems from our polls of 11,000 people, 97% said they were against the speech part of this, believing it's Orwellian. But where are we now? And you have criticised, of course, the minister for misinforming the public and media. Do you still stand by that? Oh, absolutely. I, look, I mean, uh, first and foremost, let me say, uh, many, many, many bills have passed through the House in my nine years there, and I have never, ever, ever had so much communication from the public as I have on this particular uh, piece of legislation. The legislation is deeply flawed, and it's not just me saying that. Uh, you mentioned Ronan Mullen, Sharon Kilgan, but, you know, you also had... Um, uh, Jim O'Callaghan, you have um, Michael McDool, you have trusted lawyers, the Law Society itself. Uh, so many people have criticised this bill because it is totally and utterly flawed. Unfortunately, if you say we need legislation to curb hate, I think everybody in the country would agree with that. But the first thing you have to do is define hate, and we haven't done that. You ask where where will this uh, legislation go? Well, I would say to the thousands of people who have been emailing me and my colleagues, you've got to start targeting your party members, particularly people from government parties, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Green Party, and you've got to write to them individually, place them on... Uh, point that I am talking to you, John Jones, or whatever, mm. uh, and 
because they're the people, the only people now who are keeping this bill alive and they will pass it through the shaman. But, but they seem to be supporting it. I mean, I watched Senator Robbie Gallagher defend uh, Fianna Fáil's support for the legislation. I've watched, uh, you know, the Green Party um, obviously, they defended it. That very famous clip of video. I'm trying to remember her name. It's just gone out of my head. Uh, there's where you know where we have to take people's freedoms away. You know, Sinn Fein Senator Nilo uh, Dungel uh, reiterate the concerns of Fianna Fáil Senator Abi Gallagher to consider the extension of the bill to the Irish language. In other words, he supports it, but not only supports it, wants it in Irish as well. Asquelga. Um, obviously, there's different contexts in the in the the Irish language. Uh, Senator Tom Clonan expressed support for the hate crime aspect of McEntee's legislation and his support for the protection of the characteristics set out in the legislation. You're really up against it, aren't you? And I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, these are the ones discussing it in the, currently in the Oireachtas, or I should say the Shannon. But, you know, the, the ones that are voting for it, the 110 that voted for it going back four or five weeks ago, whenever it was, and only 14 voted against it, have they even read the legislation? Do they really understand it fully? Or do you feel like you're banging your head off a wall, Jared? I feel myself that any of us that have opposed this bill, including the thousands of members of the public who oppose it, are, are being put down as some sort of leftist, um, Marxist group that are against everything and that's not true. Others will argue that oh this is the right wing trying to, to stop the legislation and that's not true either and, and incidentally both the extreme left and the extreme right are entitled to have their voices heard mm. but it is ordinary decent people that are contacting me and if you read, read the legislation it is deeply deeply flawed and the Minister herself has tried to put the public's mind at rest by making statements. Many of the statements either don't uh, apply directly to the bill or they are misleading insofar as they're suggesting something that's not in the bill. Yes, suggesting violence. And I think we would all, everybody condemns violence. Absolutely. Uh, They suggest the hate going along with violence is illegal. We know that. That's already there, by the way, in the current legislation from 1989. And maybe we need to enhance that legislation to take into consideration a modern world. But when we talk about the speech aspect, what's concerning, and Michael Schellenberger from the United States, who is responsible the author of the Twitter files and many books and advocates free speech around the world, he was on the show with us during the week, actually on the podcast with us during the week, and he talked, I played the clip of Helen McEntee, where she was saying, for example, you know, that um, J.K. Rowling, for what she said, oh no, that wouldn't be a prosecution. Um, what uh, Dermot Kennedy, the singer, said about Travellers, oh no, that, that, that wouldn't be a prosecution. And, and, his, and it actually dawned on me when he said this, he dropped drew my attention to it. He said, so she's deciding what she believes is hate and what she believes is not. So is she going to be there at every single prosecution? And what gives her the right to decide what speech is unacceptable and what speech is acceptable as an individual? And that's the, the difficult part of this, isn't it? Well, the, the, the most difficult part of it is um, uh, many of my colleagues in their speeches to support the bill, um, indeed one of them, a criminal lawyer, has stood up and said, um, sure, everybody knows what, speech is, what hate speech is. Do we? Do we really know what hate speech is? Have we clearly defined in our minds? Or could you say something to me now which I would interpret as hate, but actually would be quite uh, nebulous to say that at the very least, um, not intended as hate? The issue of gender, you you mentioned the issue of gender. Mm. I have a sheet of paper on my desk in Leinster House with 52 different definitions of gender. Mm. 
well, according to the equality, well, according to the Equality Act, we've only got two genders, so that kind of contradicts that anyway, <laughs> doesn't it? Yep, absolutely. And uh, the gender issue is not one I would particularly like to get bogged down on. But nonetheless, Mm. we are living in a very diverse society now. And, you know, people need to be able to discuss these things and discuss them openly. Uh, And and robustly. uh, Yeah, and robustly as the case may be, be it on radio or media or whatever. But I mean, there was a good example there last week when Dermot Kennedy on Canadian television said he felt knackered. Now, that's a very common phrase here in Ireland. Dublin people particularly use it all the time when you're tired. It's not meant to be derogatory towards anybody. It's just a word that's used to say you're tired. And he, they kind of looked at him and said, well, what are you talking about? Because they didn't understand it in Canada, obviously. And he described, he says, oh, that in Ireland, that means you're tired. And he says, but sadly, it's used as a derogatory term towards members of the travelling community. Eileen O'Flynn came out and said that was hate speech. And he had to apologise. And I'm going, why did he apologise? The context in which he said it in was fair. So this is what we're up against. One person's definition of hate and another person's definition of what they believe is firmly just an opinion or a view. I I agree wholeheartedly with you. Uh, As I was about to say there, I I was... Supporter of the gender recognition bill in nineteen or in twenty fifteen, I actually supported it. Stayed in the house for every single debate, voted on every single vote. Was totally supportive of Tenny and all of the other organisations involved in the trans movement, Uh, and yet. I'm expected now to accept that there are 52, some people tell me 75, some people tell me 65. 110 was the last number I got, by the way. Yeah, this is is absolute insanity. But going back to your your, uh, definition of hate, yes, uh, to, to come on air now and say, oh God, I'm knackered. You, you are offending some people and some people will take that as a hate comment. And really, when you try to get into this definition of hate, one man's hate is another man's throwaway comment. Mm-hmm. Some of those throwaway comments have been hurtful. We have all suffered from those. But I, I think what we, we had hoped for in the hate bill is that the use of social media to denigrate people or to attack people um, that was where we wanted to go. We yeah, to encourage to violence against an individual, of course. You know what I mean? And nobody yeah. would, would, would condone that type of behaviour, you know, particularly if one individual has been picked on personally by everybody and everybody is encouraging people, you know, to be violent towards them or hateful towards them. I think we should discourage that in society and everybody believes that. But it's very, very hard to make thought and to make an opinion illegal. But yet that's exactly what Ireland are doing. And it's not just in Ireland we're having this conversation. The world is having this conversation about Ireland. I mean, you've got Elon Musk throwing his weight behind this. I mentioned Michael Schellenberger, who we had in the show, who has, like, God knows how many million followers on uh, on Twitter. You've got people, uh, Russell Brand in the UK. You've got so many people talking about Ireland because they feel Ireland is like this little test case for what they call Orwellian laws. Well, I think the problem we have is that Ireland has gone further than any of the other countries in the legislation that we're pushing through the House right now. And this is one of those times when the use of the whip is actually detrimental to the public. Yeah. Uh, because what we will have is, because the government are determined to pass this legislation, we did ask and we put down an amendment to have the legislation del- delayed by six months to give us time to hold 
discussions on the things that we find objectionable. We have a significant number of amendments coming for the bill. None of them will be accepted, I would think. If they are, it means the bill has to go back to the soil, and I don't think they want to do that. So at the end of the day, the only people that are going to win out of this bill are the lawyers who will spend months in the High Court fighting over uh, potential hate speech cases. Uh, the law library itself is not too impressed by the bill, but I am sure that there will be lawyers who will spend months preparing cases in order to take them to the High Court uh, over, over a potential breach of hate speech. It's not good enough to bring in a bill with the attitude, I'm sure everybody knows what hate is. I don't know what a definition of hate is. I know what I find offensive, mm-hmm. but is it hate or is it just my own personal uh, offence? Well, 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 you don't have a right not to be offended. <laughs> that is not the argument. You know, you don't have any right not to be offended. I mean, for example, Frankie Frankie Boyle, I just saw a gig there announced that Frankie Boyle is playing in the, in the three arena in the next couple of months. I just got a press release about it there. Tickets are available soon. I haven't a clue if you're a Frankie Boyle fan. I'm not a fan of Frankie Boyle's comedy. Uh, he's vile, right? But it's just not my cup of tea. But people like him. I don't know why. Chubby Brown, people like him. I don't know why. But, I mean, will they be all banned now? Now, I know the Minister has said within the legislation the arts and comedy uh, may have an exception as well. But, you know, I don't know because you could argue that it's still an individual. Um, My biggest concern, of course, is that this goes against your constitutional right to freedom of expression, which, according to the Constitution, Article 12, I think it is, said that has no uh, speech should have no frontiers. Um, so, I mean, this does have frontiers, clearly, now. Our speech has been um, restricted. So, does that is that not unconstitutional? And also, by the way, on a second part of that question, you know, uh, regarding the Constitution, the idea that a guard, on suspicion that you may be in possession of something that's hatred, or contains hatred, that you may not even have used or may not even intend to use, can enter your home, take your devices, you know, in other words, you're guilty until proven innocent. Um, does, is that not unconstitutional? I feel it is, but it's something that will have to be tested in the court. But just imagine this. We have lots of people living in shared accommodation in Dublin, Galway, Limerick, wherever. Uh, people who share houses. And I'm unfortunate enough to be living in a house with a guy who collects some sort of odd material that could be regarded as uh, incitement to violence, incitement to hate, or whatever. Or he uh, surfs some peculiar websites where he's involved in some form of hate speech or whatever. And a guard comes in, searches the house, seizes everybody's laptop, seizes everybody's uh, mobile phone. We're all in this. Yeah, for an unlimited, unlimited, according to the legislation, unlimited period of time. So they don't have to give them back to you. Absolutely. And we're all arrested, every one of us. And you're in a situation now where you're defending yourself rather than living your life as a free citizen. Uh, There is so much wrong with this, it's just not funny. The example the the minister gave was, which I thought was a really unfair example that she gave on News Talk, I think it was, she said that uh, in relation to that aspect of the law, she said, for example, she said, if you're heading to a protest, a right-wing protest... 
Now, that, first of all, I thought that was a leading uh, statement because you could be going to a left-wing protest. I've seen some left-wing protests with people holding up signs saying all turfs should die. So, I mean, equally left-wing people or, you know, people from the left can be equally as violent and horrible as people on the right. But anyway, that's from the extreme sides. But anyway, you're go- she said you're going to a right-wing protest. So let's say, for example, the argument's sake, maybe an immigration hotel or something like that with a banner in, you know, in the boot of your car saying immigrants go home, Right. The guards can open the boot of your car, take the banner out, arrest you, because that could be considered to be incitement to hatred, and you haven't even used it yet. To me, that just sounds Absolutely. bonkers. Now, don't get me wrong, you shouldn't be doing that, but but it just, you shouldn't be arrested for doing it. There's a lot of things in this world I believe people shouldn't be doing, but you don't get arrested for doing them. Yeah, look, I mean, one of, one of the sad things about all of this is that we have become extremely politically correct in our speech and everything we say. Uh, what used to be banter, some of us deeply offensive, I have to admit, uh, but even the light-hearted banter between friends, that's now somebody takes exception to that. You talk about a comedian on stage. Uh, some of the stuff some of our comedians put out really cut to the bone um, in, in some areas. If I'm sitting in the audience and I believe that the comedian in question has in some way offended me and that what he or she is saying is uh, of a hateful nature and may result in violence towards me, Am I then at liberty to go to the Garda Shiakana and say, can you arrest Joe Bloggs there who was uh, just in the three cinema yeah. and here are the three theatre and here's what he said, I recorded it on my phone. Yeah, yeah, he incited hatred towards yeah. uh, my characteristic, be yeah. it trans or whatever it is, uh, uh, racism or whatever. Yeah. Or you're sitting in a bar tonight with, with a friend mm. and you're having a private conversation and somebody listens to what's going on and decides, I don't like what those two guys or those two girls are talking about. And they record it. And they say, I was sitting with these two guys here. I called the guards in. I was sitting with these two guys here or next to them. And I heard them saying this. And here's the recording. And it could be construed as hate. But, but, but hate why, why is the minister so... When, when the minister sees the appetite within the nation, and th- thank you for staying so long with us, by the way, I won't keep you too much longer, but when, when the minister, Helen McEntee, sees the appetite in relation to this and the public submissions, where 70% of those public submissions, by the way, said they didn't believe this was a good thing, she sees the appetite, the, the debates that are going on, and all she's doing is constantly defending this piece of legislation. Surely to God, any minister for justice would turn around and say... There's a problem with this. Maybe we should relook at it. Maybe we should have. Maybe we should take into consideration the concerns of people. Why is she so gung ho and determined to get this in for the president to sign for September? Why? Why is that? I, do you know? I cannot give you an answer to that. Uh, it, it baffles me something terrible. In, in my time in the Senate, we have managed to stall bills that were bad bills. The first judicial appointments bill, we held it up for two and a half years. The uh, recent air navigation and transport bill, on my own, I held that for two and a half years. I did have support from the leader of the Senate at the time who supported my amendments. But for two and a half years, I held it up because I could not be sure who wrote the legislation. And until I got an answer to that, I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't going to allow it to pass because I was somewhat concerned we don't have aviation experts in working for the government in the Department of Transport. So who drafted it? And that's what we wanted to know. And in the end, we got a compromise. We got 
far, far more amendments in to ensure the safety of people flying. But that's a rare, rare occasion when that can happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid where this hate bill is concerned, they've whipped the government parties, they've got to get in there and they've got to get it over the line. And it would be worth people's while to go online, uh, go to the TV recordings of the debate in the Senate and hear some of the statements that were made by some of my colleagues, which I find very hard to take. Well, Pauline O'Reilly, of course, that one went viral. That was actually covered. That Pauline O'Reilly clip, by the way, from the Green Party was played on Fox News in America. That's how viral that one went. Uh, finally, uh, the bill goes through, of course, to the president. Uh, what are the options for President Higgins? Does he have an option to say, well, I'm concerned? And in fairness to President Higgins, he's a great advocate for free speech. Um, although lately you wouldn't know what he'd say. Um, do you believe that he has an option or would he to even consider pushing this forward to the Council of State or Supreme Court? Well, the, the, the president has three options when, when the bill goes to him. Uh, first and foremost, he cannot refuse to sign a bill. He can say he wants to call in the Council of State to discuss the bill. And uh, if he's still not happy after that discussion, the third choice is that he sends it to the Supreme Court. Sending it to the Supreme Court, people often shout that the president should send a bill to the Supreme Court. But do bear in mind, if you get a judgment from the Supreme Court, that bill can never, ever, ever be uh, challenged again. So sometimes the smart thing to do is to sign the bill and let somebody take it to the courts. Right, uh, following consultation with the council of state, but it, look, it's, uh, I or mean, somebody actually. I, I, I was talking to um, um, Peter Casey uh, going back a few, a few weeks ago. Peter Casey said, "If I was the president, yeah. he said I would sign it." And he said that anybody who was prosecuted had pardoned them all. <laughs> I said, "Right, I don't, yeah. think, I, don't, I don't think that's ever been used in Irish law." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an interesting way of looking at it. But yeah, I, look, I think I think at the end of the day, it will pass through the Senate um, and I think it will be signed into law. And then I would encourage those that uh, are as opposed to it as I am to consider taking a challenge in the courts to it. Senator Jared Cogwell, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the show tonight and talking to us. Thank you. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.